This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm Iron Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Today, we've got a post-match review of the Norwich City game, a nil-nil draw. Joining me as always, I've got Mickey. How you doing, mate? You right? Yeah, not too bad, fella. Not too bad. And also, Neil Thizzler. How you doing, mate? You right? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. So, lads, a nil-nil draw at home to Norwich City tonight. And I'll say it straight away, how the fuck did we not win that today, Mickey? Jeez. Um... We didn't pay the referee enough, obviously. Um, a few decisions, but no, I mean, the, the team just, the team looked different. Um, they seemed to, you know, pass it around well, wanted it. Um, it just seemed a, a completely different set of players out there today. Players were a bit of heart and, and they wanted something out of it. 
I don't know about you, Neil, but I'm actually buzzing after a nil-nil performance today. And I don't think it's necessarily just because we didn't lose against top of the league, Norwich City. It was the manner of the way we actually almost won that and should have won that, really. We definitely should have won it. I think we were... For once, we actually created some chances, didn't we? Um, And chances that we should have taken. You've got to say, I partly agree with Mickey... That referee was fucking appalling yet again. Hutchinson pushed in the back. How was that not a penalty? It was a penalty in a month for Sundays. Then then in the last few seconds, the last few seconds, Jed Wallace, he's only got to get that shot on target. He only has to get that ball on target to an empty net. And everybody's jumping around their living room, aren't they? I'll tell you what, towards the end of the game especially, it was. we'll get on to the final stages because we're just going to go through like from first half to the end. But towards the end, I was on the edge of my seat and I was physically felt like I was at the game kind of cheering them on a little bit, thinking, you know, could we get this over the line today? But you know what? Like Credit to the players. The only downside is we didn't score, but that's a classic Mill sort of thing by the sounds of it in recent times. And I think that's kind of the reaction online. Obviously, you know, just that real quality is missing for us up front. But I think if we keep making chances like we did today, then it will come good. So we'll start with, obviously, the team news before the game. And for the third game in a row, we've gone unchanged. Mickey, happy with the unchanged team? That's probably the right call, I feel like, especially after the last couple of performances. Yeah, no, I think it was it, it, the consistency is starting to show now, isn't it? It's, you know, they're getting used to playing together. It, it's starting to show. Um, I am starting to really like Keith. Um, and I think some of the other players now, Zahor or, or, or Kenneth, is, uh, is coming on as well. He's, he's looking a different player now. He seems to have settled in a bit. Um, it was OK on Saturday, not great. But today he was... He was good. I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but, you know, in that first half, there was one point what um, I'll bring up in a bit, what was just superb. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, the team, obviously, if anyone was unaware, obviously, was Barton goal, McNamara at right wing back, Leonard, Hutch and Cooper across the defence, Malone left wing back, Keith M. Woods in the middle, Thompson's making up the three, but kind of just the furthest forward out of the two of them there. And then Wallace and Sahor up front. I've really liked more of what we're seeing here, Neil. I think, you know, after the game today, I, I always do a tweet after the game. I was glass half full after the last two. Today, I'm glass three quarters full. It, it's almost there, isn't it, for this lineup that we've got at the moment? I think what we're actually seeing now is this is his preferred lineup. This is the way that I think he sees us between now and the end of the season, barring the odd injury or suspension or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me if he started this again. On Saturday, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, it, this is this is his preferred lineup. The only thing is, what's he going to do with this new lad that he signed, Evans? Because at the minute, he's come here to go. Well, we've spent three quarters of a million pound on a geezer that's going to sit on the bench. I don't really know. I think I personally feel like he's going to come straight into the side. He couldn't play today, I think, because he wasn't registered. Obviously, the team's doing well, so it'd be harsh to change someone out at the moment. But I see a long-term vision in my head at the moment, and I do think this would happen, where Leonard comes into the midfield. And I feel like it will be Woods that makes way. And I I know I'm saying that, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me because... And I know you two will say it, because obviously Woods has been shit for a long while in a lot of people's opinions. And... I do think, though, there's an idea and a vision there that I see Leonard going into Woods' place and then I maybe see someone coming in for Thompson that's more creative going forward but can also 
get back in return. And I see Evans coming into the right side of centre half, or maybe even the middle, and Hutch moving over to the right side. I don't know what you think about that, uh, Neil. I know obviously you're not Woods' greatest fan, but I think I can see Leonard coming back into the middle because we miss him out there. I think. I think that, yeah, I partly agree with that. I think everybody knows that we look better with Woods. Our best run of form recently has been without Woods in the side. Uh, he doesn't give us anything. doesn't give us anything at all that I can see. He, we're too slow. We're too ponderous with him in there. We need to quicken it up a bit. But maybe, yeah, yeah well, maybe that could be the only change. Possibly Evans in at defence and then Leonard in midfield. Although you have to say Leonard has not looked out of place in these three or four games that he's played at central defender. He has looked he's looked like he's played in that position the whole of his life. I do think though, I just felt when I was watching, especially the first half, I think, you know, we had Maybe not as much as the ball as we kind of expected because we retreat into shape against a side that, you know, like to pass it around and try to pass through the lines and make it difficult for oppositions. But I think there's a couple of times where I see Keith and Bell get the ball and I see Thompson get the ball and they've got loads of yards of space in front of them. And I'm thinking to myself, if that's Ryan Leonard, he picks the ball up, runs 20, 30, 40 yards, maybe even has an effort on goal. But I think he's just got that turn of pace when he's with the ball at his feet and he just causes all sorts of trouble. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Maybe that's just something we could talk about as we get close to the weekend or Friday Night Live. But yeah, I mean, the first few minutes of the game, it was obviously as expected, Norwich, you know, keeping the ball quite well, Mill forcing them out wide. Uh, I think we actually had the first shot on goal. I think it was Thompson, you know, who was pressing quite high, which is something I was quite impressed with. You know, he was kind of forcing the occasion to Norwich and obviously picking and choosing our moments, Neil, which was obviously, you know, I think, you know, pressing high against a side like Norwich is quite risky, but we made it quite look, look quite good, especially in the opening stages. I think those were the tactics we used against them up there, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, we pressurised them. We didn't. Yeah, we played the high line, as they say. And yeah, it, it's one of those strange things. Norwich—they're walking away with this league, but I've seen them twice, and I've not been impressed by them at all. Keith, yeah, you yeah, were well, Keith has still got. Campwell in his back pocket, and he hope he lets him out for social distancing purposes, because they. I just struggle to see how they are top of the league. That just shows how poor this division is, because they are nothing, nothing special. And on another day, we could have absolutely buried them today. I was hoping that we actually got over the line because I was already thinking in my head a story title for our podcast, thinking Mills the Kryptonite to Norwich City because, you know, I feel like we just have their number a little bit, especially you mentioned Cantwell. Um, I think it was Keith early on, 10 minutes in, he picks the ball up, wins uh, wins it quite aggressively, does a 1-2 of Sahor. Keith has an effort on goal, Mickey. You know, you mentioned obviously he was quite impressed with him, wins a corner. But I think, you know, from the get-go, it was, you know, especially Sahor as well, you mentioned, like it was a good link-up, but also we was pressing with real intensity and trying to make real havoc. Yeah, I mean that bit of, that that goal attempt where he had uh, eleven minutes. It was closed down by their defenders, and he just literally lobbed it through the gap, uh, and you know, a couple of inches lower, mate. And that was dipping. That was going in. Um, their keeper had done well to get to that, but it's those little little bits of class what he's got. You know, how the fuck did he manage to pull that off between the two players, and and you know, curl that little volley kick. You know. Um, that little lob. It was just unreal. 
Um, but he was just, I don't know, he just looked a different player. He looked as if he was interested today. Um, and the last couple of games, whether or not he hasn't been, um, you know, whether or not he hasn't been fit, we know over the last week or so that they've they've been at the training ground a lot. Um, although over the last two weeks or so, they've been at the training ground a lot. So, you know, hopefully they're all training regular and all that. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the key here, that play regular together, training regular together. They're actually starting to get a bit of consistency and moving forward. Um you are so adamant because of COVID, the players don't train. You've said this at about seven or eight no, shows. I don't, no, 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 no. What, what, I think, what, I think is, what I think is right is that not so much now, but over the last, especially over the last couple of months, a few people I spoke to are saying that because of the isolation and everything else, they were, they were keeping stuff aside, especially when they weren't necessarily um, testing regular. So they were trying to keep minimal contact down. And... And, you know, the Premier League obviously had their secure bubble. The rest of them weren't testing. So they were all keeping themselves to themselves as such. I think they were doing small small set training, but I don't actually believe that they were doing mass training. I mean, you know what, if it's if it's proven wrong, then I'm proven wrong. But a couple of people I was speaking to and whatnot, they, they weren't all doing on the pitch at the same time. But recently they have been all doing joint stuff, everything else on the pitch. And I think, you know, that it's starting to show. They are starting to play more as a team the last couple of games, there seems to be a bit of understanding between them. They know where one's going to be and where the other's going to be. And, they, you know, it, it's, you know, Woods is now, you know, he can ping passes up without even looking. He knows exactly where um, where Danny Mac's going to be and those balls just ping straight to him. Danny Mac's not scared. You know, he knows where the others are or running in, you know. Um, Jed is... Jed knows where players are. It's just instinctive where they're obviously training like this. And I don't think they were. Go back six weeks ago, five weeks ago. I just don't think the training was there like it is now. I wholeheartedly disagree with the training part, personally. Maybe you'll prove right, but I think it's consistency. And that's probably what it boils down to. You know, the third game in succession, it's the same team. And you're starting to see patterns of play emerging. You're mentioning, obviously, Matt Namara picking up the ball. I see both Malone and Matt Namara both getting forward, causing havoc, especially in the second half. And that is a pattern of play we're starting to see, you know, players getting on the ball. Wallace as well. I mean, in this first half, he had an opportunity about 15 minutes in. I think it was Thompson fed him through. He switches back onto his right foot, forces a save out of Krull. You mentioned Sahor charts a little bit before that. But you look at the match stats, and if you haven't watched today's game, you probably look at it and go, Norwich had a lot of the ball, more shots on, on goal, so to speak, or shot attempts. But we had the real quality of chances, didn't we, Neil? We were the ones that were really knocking on the door. Yeah, I think I, yeah, like the two teams, we were the team that was most likely to score in that game. I partly agree with Mickey about the training, but I partly disagree with him. I think that Zahor, he should have been fit a long time ago, so I don't think it's anything to do with fitness. I think he's being given a run of games now, and that's actually showing. Yeah, I yeah, well, I'm more going to agree with Omar on this yeah because even if they can't do patterns of play and that as Mickey as me and Mickey had an argument the other week didn't we Mick about that uh, they can still do their individual fitness training and they can do this and they can do that yeah so I think it's more to do with the fact that they know where each yeah they know where each other is that kind of thing I think even that's why I was glass half full after the Watford game and also Cardiff on Saturday. I just, I can, I can start to see 
what this middle team's all about. You've got wing-backs bombing forward. Wing-backs could get on the ball. You've got Wallace peeling into spaces, pockets of spaces. You've got Sahor leading the line and trying to hold the ball up. You've got Kifton Bell in the middle who doesn't show up a challenge. The problem I've got is, I will say it now, and I'm starting to think it, I don't think Woods offers anything to this team. I really don't think he does. And this is why I do think, it's. I'm personally thinking, Evans comes into the back line. From what I've seen of Evans and from what Gary Rowett said to him, uh, said about him online after they signed him the other night, you know, it was, he likes to get on the ball and play and set play as well, which is, sounds to me the role Ryan Woods has. Where he's, but he's not doing it enough. He's not getting on the ball and dictating play. Maybe Evans could be that player in the back three. And then that allows the midfield to be more industrious, a bit more box to box, a bit more enforcement. So, because I do think, especially in the first half, and, I, and I'm actually, I, I've sit here and have had Neil and Mickey both abuse Ryan Woods in all sense of purposes with the, how he's been culpable for goals, been responsible for opportunities being missed. We've had people on trying to defend him, and I've really sat on the fence about it, but I don't see, especially how we're lined up and play, how Ryan Woods fits into this middle lineup. Go on, Mickey. I think the problem you've got is that. Uh... Gary's now looking at a team, right? He's now looking at building going forward. He's not, you know, I don't think he's he's writing this season off, but I think it's this season is just survive as best you can mid-table and then next season. And I think the fact that Woods is alone and he's not necessarily working properly, he's now brought two players in. Um, he's brought Keith in and he's brought Evans in as permanent players. And he's now looking to start building for next season. And you can see, you know, I mean, you look at tonight, there was chances for four, five, six players who could have possibly scored goals tonight. They're all around there. They're all on it. And that's possibly what he's looking to do is if he can, you know, get that midfield firing, people running forward, then there's a chance for various different people who can score goals. We can start getting four, five, six people scoring 10, 12, 15 goals a season. All of a sudden, there's our goals coming. Um, Zahor is I, I, I'm, I'm really starting to like Zahor I think he's he's a strong player he's solid he can turn he, you know he, he, he's a force and and he's a good old fashion where he uses his body weight to, to do but you've got to look at what's his name tonight as well Thompson was fucking another super you know superb display tonight mate that that geezer just runs he's like a little fucking dynamo he just runs and runs and runs but it's like what we said previous shows you need to give Thompson games and then see where he is because when he was at Portsmouth he was getting games week in week out and he starts playing well it's when we don't give him the games that he starts having one shit game one good game one shit game one good game you give it there and then obviously you know see I'm a big I'm a big fan of Thompson Mickey right and I do also think you know I want him in the side just because he offers that energy and he offers that kind of, you know, relentlessness, especially when we're pressing hard to feel like we did today. I'll be honest, I don't think Thompson's done a lot today. I'm reading through my notes and I, I am trying to make notes for when we do these podcasts after the game. Thompson didn't do a lot, but he didn't do anything wrong either, which is why, no. you know, he's winning the ball. I think I've got a note here where he wins the ball high upfield. And I think, you know, Kifton Bell also is, you know, getting into Campwell. I would have loved to have been at the game today to abuse Todd Campwell. He would have got dogs abused from the Millwall fans today. He was constantly complaining, weren't he? And just constantly, yeah. you know, causing the and whining That's the it. whole time. And I think he would have got dogs abuse, especially in the first half. But we did ride our luck a little bit. Whilst we're saying Norwich didn't have too much of the better chances, there's a few opportunities where I think it's 
Palecha, the wing on the left, uh, on the right side, sorry, kept cutting in on his left foot. I think he had an opportunity midway through the half. Bart was behind it, thankfully. And I think a similar opportunity happened when Malone and Cooper managed to block it. But, you know, I think it, it, we did run like a tiny bit, but you mentioned Sahor. He bullied Hanley in the first half in particular, winning three kicks, you know, kind of doing what Lee Gregory used to do and people were saying about getting Gregory back last season. I mean, uh, this window, because obviously, you know, Gregory can hold up the play and win three kicks. For Sahor, especially when he's under pressure, done well at that today. And yeah, I think, you know, we, we was ticking along and unfortunately for us, you know, half time comes, I'm thinking, are we going to be able to go back there, out there second half and do it again, Neil? But if anything, I, I can't really recall Norwich having a real kind of heart and mouth moment for us in the second half. I think the difference was when they had the ball, we kept our shape mm-hmm. on, yeah, well, on the whole. I know we left some quite gaping gaps in midfield at times and it was quite alarming, but we kept our shape. And we had Woods and Keefe sitting in front, didn't we, when they had the ball on yellow on the hole. And there was and it was and we made it difficult for them to break down. They couldn't get through us. And yeah, I think I think the I thought we I thought we were the better side in the first half. I thought in the second half it wasn't even a contest. I think it's um, a balance of risk and reward, isn't it? Because the only time I was really worried about Norwich was when we were attacking and then suddenly they switched it. And then at times it was, I think even at one point it was three against two against Leonard and Hutchinson midway through the second half. That was the only time. And considering Norwich are that sort of side where they like to assert themselves, you've got to give credit to them all, but, you know, but the only time would have been potentially a dangerous outcome for us was when we was attacking ourselves. Yeah, it was when we were committing too many men Correct. forward, I think. Yeah, and the same old thing. They are a good passing team, aren't they? Yeah, but let's face it. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they, yeah, but they pass the ball around quite nicely, whereas we're a bit, a bit more, aren't we? I don't know. Tonight yeah, we were we were sticking that ball around really well. I mean, there was a few times tonight where you know there was eight, ten, twelve passes flicking around. What? You know, for a Millwall side, it was like, wow, you know, we're starting to play out on the floor. And the other, what Norwich yeah, do, though, Nicky? This is, this yeah, is, this is what Norwich do. This is a really footballing term, right? But Norwich play through the lines. They play through midfields like they're not there. And we did. We only done yeah. that once in the second half. But I looked at it and thought, fuck me, we play through the lines there. Wallace picks up some space, was on the half turn. And I'm thinking, cool, like, Woods just played. I think it was Woods, played him through. And I'm thinking... This is actually like good. Like we did play well though. Second half, you're right. There, I think one chance where Sahor had headed over, where he should have scored. I think that's like 12, 12, 15 passes, weren't there, Mickey? That's what yeah. Saying, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Sahor. I mean, I think Sahor was unlucky there. I think he just timed his jump slightly wrong, and he was above the ball rather than, you know, it was just below, just below, it, even not just above it. But if it, if he had timed that a little bit, where that ball would have been in. But I think. It was like an old style Millwall as well because all the all our players were up for it. You know, I mean, Cooper shoulder barging theirs out. Um, you know, Keith having it. A lot of them were were. You know, if they lost the ball, they were back on it instantly. They and you know they were doing. I'm glad at Hutchinson when they towards the end of the game where um, they were in our box. I'm glad Hutchinson didn't just kick what's his name's heels out of him. Um, and I think it was Malone when he managed to kick it away. But that was the only bit where I was like, oh, here we go. We've got a penalty coming here. Normal normal routine, kick the heels. Um, but no, when when they needed to, they teamed up. There was back there, there was five, six behind the ball, um, defending uh, the goal and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I think it was, a, it was a good performance tonight. And 
it's we're building on something what you know potentially keep building next season i think if it if it goes the way we're thinking it's going to go next season's going to be interesting well this is it so like you still if you can get a good run together over february you never know what could happen but i think like the general consensus and i would probably say this afterwards spoke about the game but I feel like we're safe. If we play like that every week, we're safe. There's no hesitation in my mind whatsoever. If we put that sort of performance in, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, that's the problem. Can we play the same 11, same sort of intensity? That's what you have to wait and see if we can do it again on Saturday against a team like Sheffield Wednesday. Go on, Neil. The good thing is, though, we don't have a game next midweek, I don't think, because it's the next round of the FA Cup. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm glad we're out the FA Cup. Very true. next week... We've got a free week. Yeah, we've got a chance to chill out a bit. We're not playing Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. We can, the players can rest as such. We can, Evans gets a week's training with us. Yeah, a full week's training because I think he's been carrying an injury at Derby, I was reading in their local paper, he needed injections to play in the last couple of games that he played. Mm-hmm. And I think that will do us some good next week is to not have a midweek game. Yeah, I mean, it will be, I think, obviously, it's a balance of, you know, Mickey say it's worth the money. I'll say, you know, maybe that could just be what saves our season, maybe. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see after the next few weeks. I mean, the game goes on a bit more. I think... Midway through the second half, I'm thinking Norwich are coming into this a little bit. They didn't really test the keeper. I don't think Bart really had too many saves to make today that were worth noting about. But I'll give Gary Ray credit here. I think, you know, I'm thinking to myself, it's begging for a change or two. And then 77 minutes, maybe it took a little while to get to that point, but he makes a triple change. Um, I, You know, I think, I think it comes just after our chance where... Malone and Wallace both have an opportunity to shoot on goal. I think that's when we're talking about the build-up play. You know, it happened with the chance between uh, Sahor and obviously when Malone crossed it. But a similar sort of thing again, passing the ball around. Leonard runs forward down the right-hand side, plays in McNamara, who squares it to Wallace. Wallace has a shot. It's blocked by Gibson, falls to Malone. And if Malone hits it on target and in the corner, I think that's 1-0 Millwall. But, you know, unfortunately for us, that's, you know, how our luck's going for us at the moment. Triple sub, like I mentioned, Woods and McNamara and Thompson off. We change shape. Go from five three two to four two two two. I feel like it was, or four four two, you could say. And that's Bennett, Ferguson, and Romeo on. And Bennett looks hungry, didn't he? I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, Bennett looks proper up for it, didn't he, Mickey? You're on mute, mate. Amateur hour. Yeah, no, it did, mate. Sorry, mate. I pressed it off and fucking <laughs> back on, but yeah, still dumber. It's probably a fucking benefit to some of our listeners anyway. But um, yeah, no, I think he did. I think the team, all of them, at the moment, are looking. Hungry, they're looking, they want to play, and if they're if they're, if it's working, and okay, they're grinding out nil nils, but they're not getting spanked. It must must be slowly giving you confidence. You only need one goal, and I think the confidence levels will go through the roof. Um, I agree with you, I, I agree with both of you there about you know the fact that we ain't got the FA Cup next week, which is a benefit. Um, you know, we've obviously got a game this Saturday, and then obviously Birmingham the week after. So there's there's a nice number of game, nice number of rest days, um, which should sort out some of these tired legs. Um, yes, the FA Cup money is fantastic, but no, the league is obviously the most important, really, because that's where we're keeping him. But we are, I think, like you said, Omar, I think we are pretty, pretty damn sure to be safe. But don't forget, we were we were around here, maybe a bit lower last season. 
and then you just suddenly hit a run of games and get some results. And don't forget, we're coming into, I think February now is going to be most of the games where we've done all right against last, you know, the first round, yeah. And and I think that they're going in there with the confidence of going, well, we've done all right before, let's just go in. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus, so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. And, and take it to them. We know how they play. We've seen it. we put it against them. And let's just go and enjoy the games. And that's what it looked like today. It looked like they were enjoying playing today. Well, since we've gone to this 5-3-2 dynamic, you could say, whatever way you want to look at this formation with Thompson fit in the middle, we haven't lost a game. And I know we love a draw. I know it's like a criticism, you know, whatever you want to say it as. We beat Huddersfield 1-0. Forget about the cup game in the middle because that was a different sort of lineup. 0-0 against Watford. 1-1 away to Cardiff and 0-0 at home to Norwich. If you said to me before that, even despite the fact that the amount of draws we've had, and obviously now it's three in a row again, I would have took draws against Watford, Cardiff away and Norwich at home personally. I mean, yeah, me I, don't I don't know if that's the cynicism in me, Neil, but, you know, I think three good draws there, you could say. And you look at the performances as well, and that's, the, that's it. You can see positives from the game to take from it. I disagree with you. I think yeah. we dropped. I think we dropped two points at Cardiff. There were three points there for the taking, and we just weren't able to take them. Yeah, it was a little bit different today. Yeah, but in the same ways, it yeah, it was pretty similar. We couldn't score, but I thought he was incredibly negative, and we dropped two points at Cardiff. We were screaming on Twitter and that for Matt Smith to come on because Zahor didn't look interested. He wasn't at the races. But let's have this right. So, so, so long and then he brought Bavardson on. You've mentioned the buzzword and that's Matt Smith, right? There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Matt Smith scores that goal or that chance that Zahor has midway through the second half, the header. Agrees? Like he probably scores that chance, Neil, no? But I, this is what I'd argue and this is the problem I think he's mobile. He's as mobile, but I don't think that chance comes around if Matt Smith is up front. We had an opportunity where I think we win the ball up high up, we're pressing. There's about 15, 20 passes between Matt Namara, Thompson, Wallace, Woods, Keftenbeld, you know, and it goes to the left-hand side. I personally feel like this is the problem. And, and like, I love Matt Smith. I think, you know, he's, his record for us speaks for itself and he's come in and he, he's a mill striker, I feel like. You know, he's a, if, if it was a little and large combination and you had someone next to him doing all the running for him, it work, but I just think championship the game's evolved and he just he, he's not going to be able to play a game for us. But what I'll give right is credit, and you're right, Saturday probably should have come on. But we make a triple sub, and five minutes later, he brings on Smith. Like, if it's if it wasn't enough, they were making a triple substitution, and then Smith almost scores straight away. With I think it's Bennett down the right hand side, gives it to Wallace, and then ball goes in the box, and he just causes havoc, doesn't he? It's Matt Smith. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was just something that we needed on Saturday. Yeah, he's different to Bavardson. And, yeah, yeah, he's a handful. You put the ball in that penalty area and he scored. He's, he's, yeah, he scored down at Bournemouth, didn't he? That little flick on, and he suddenly got in front of the goalkeeper, and it's one one, and it's one one, isn't it, or one nil? I forget what the score was at the it's time. But defensively, he's a passenger. He, this is it. And if we think Ryan Woods is a passenger in the middle, then we can't afford to carry another one with Matt Smith. And that, I think that's ultimately what the problem is. We can't press high if you've got Matt Smith up front. And as soon as Smith came on, yes, he had that opportunity where he almost scored, but you instantly saw the the, the Norwich defenders suddenly had five or ten seconds more on the ball than they didn't have when Sahor was there. And this is the problem I think you're going to have where, you know, if if that's something we're going to do going forward where, you know, you want Smith to play, you need a couple of players around him to do his running for him because otherwise you can't press up high. So... Yeah, but, yeah, but then I'd put Bradshaw on and play alongside him. Let Bradshaw do his running. Because if there's one thing that Bradshaw does do, he does that Lee Gregory role, doesn't he, where he kind of harries and fucking bollocks and bites at people. Yeah, you possibly you possibly need that, or you need Jed. You yeah, we need to tell Jed to do it. But you're right. But I think he just adds something to us. And late on in the game, it's needed. I agree about late on in the game. He causes carnage. Just his presence causes carnage. Even if he doesn't touch the ball, players are worried yeah, about. He can't it, so. start a game. Yeah, no. Well, no. I 100 percent agree. He can't score a game, but he's what they call an impact substitute, isn't he? You bring him on like you did at Bournemouth, and hopefully you'll yeah, he'll actually score your goal. Mickey's pulling the face there. I but don't no, think I ha- he agrees with me. I've highlighted about four or five chances in the second, late in the second half. You know, Bennett goes down in the box. It could be soft, you could say, but I feel like Giannoulis, the left back, has his arm hooked into Bennett there, and you know that could potentially be seen as a penalty during VAR days in the Premier League. You never know. Yeah, the other end, that would have been given 100% because <laughs> they absolutely love umping the floor. They mm. do. That Campwell spent longer on the deck trying to shag it than he did back in playing football. And that Aaron's has got a bit of a, yeah, has got a bit of previous for going down a bit too easy, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% at the other end of the pitch, that would have been given. Keith goes in the book. goes in the book as well. Getting his customer yellow card to make him, you know, fan favorite. That then Mickey. I mean, you know, that's kind two of the now. I think there's two, two and two home games. I don't know if he got one on the weekend or not. I, I can't recall, but yeah, that's a standard from him. But you know, that's another one. And then, but then this is it. Like, in the space of five minutes towards the end of the game, Mickey Malone gets across in the box. Hutchinson's pushed in the back. Penalty or not? What do you reckon? Penalty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a penalty. I mean, looking at the angle of it, I mean, obviously. You know, with I follow, you do get the opportunity to see replays um, more than you do the real game. But it, it's, I think, as Neil said, if it had happened up the other end, it would have definitely been a penalty. There was what there was two, I think, three chances of penalties, a few decisions what didn't go. But no, I, I definitely think that was a fair call for a penalty. I think um... it reminded me of Blackburn Rovers away, where three clear cut handballs, and we didn't get a penalty. That was a penalty all day, every day, and three times on a Sunday. My first that take was... of it when I was watching it was I didn't think it was a penalty. I feel like it was like a kind of gentle arm and it's just the way Hutchinson jumped. And a couple of people said that online. However, with the replay, you can firmly see that Skip is leaning into him 
and is pushing him away from the ball. And if he doesn't have that arm in the back, I'm adamant he gets a header on goal there and potentially a goal. So, you know, that's what I personally think there. VAR would have given that all day, every day. Yeah. And the referee should have been in a good enough position. But I think the problem with that referee today, he was a bottle job. He didn't want to make the difficult decisions. To throw a spanner in the works, he was the same referee. Remember at Swansea away when we lost 2-1? I've seen a video circus online. Of, it was the same referee where he's going off fist bumping all the Swansea players and stuff like that. But we had a couple of good penalty shouts that day as well and didn't get any. So maybe he's a conspiracist. I called him the Michelin man on my Twitter because he was like, the way he was firming up to referees and giving the cards, he was like, come here, come here. And the, ref- and the players just won't fucking have it. They were like, What's it? like, just give me the card and get on with the game and stuff like that. But he was like proper way to assert his authority on the game. Michelin man. Yeah, but he's called Jones. He's probably related to Arthur Swansea players, isn't he? <laughs> the lino was just as bad, though. I mean, the lino was there banging line for that penalty claim and, and he just sort of like went, oh, no, I didn't see it and the ref didn't see it. But no, it's definitely, no doubt um, in a little while when Gary speaks about it, he'll probably agree that it was definitely a penalty shout. Well, he the was going one, absolutely bonkers. He was going absolutely nuts for the. Last I really feel like the one on Bennett one. was also a penalty. I, I do think. I thought it was as it. well, to be honest. Because like the arm, he literally brings Bennett down, and I think you know, I think for me, I'd say that's more of a penalty shot than the other one. If you want to weigh the two up against each other, because I can see why Ray would be pissed off about it, definitely. And then not only do we then have a couple of shots, we also have enough opportunities later on in the game. Bennett picks the ball up on the right hand side. And he's, he's got all this space in front of him towards the end, but he decides to square it to Jed. Why does he not just travel in space? Why didn't he shoot? There was no one marking him, and he just goes squares it straight away. If he took a few touches and ran close to goal, either shoot, or the space would have opened up to pass it there. I'm thinking, fuck me, what are you doing? Just I think, think he was trying to be unselfish. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it was, it was too early to pass it. If he waited a few seconds yeah. longer and travelled, different story. And then not I only thought... that happens, last kick of the game, Neil... You, oh, you came no. on and you was moaning about it. Come on, last kick of the game. Jed Wallace. I'm fucking, I'm fucking throwing stuff around my <laughs> living room here, yeah? What, what was going through his fucking mind, yeah? Tim Krull is running back towards his goal. He's only got to get it on target. I'll he only has to get it on foot. target. But, yeah. but then the ball doesn't go just past the post, which is forgivable. It goes out past the bloody penalty, uh, yeah, the six-yard box line. It was absolutely criminal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely criminal. And But, but hey, oh, yeah, well, we're not in those kind of positions, are we? So, <laughs> so would we do any better? I didn't, yeah, well, I know I couldn't. Yeah, well, in me dreams and on FIFA, just... maybe, but... Just, just while we're talking about tackles, right, and, and was it a penalty or not, fuck me, didn't Cooper take that gazer out? I don't know what it, what it was. That was fucking, that was, that, was, that was solid. That was like Cooper's gone to play rugby, mate. He fucking shoulder barged that cunt clean off the fucking ball, mate. <laughs> I thought he'd, I thought he'd, at first, until the replay, I thought he'd elbowed the cunt in the head. As he'd gone through, he'd just followed through with the elbow and just sort of, Tapped him out, but it, that was that was a, a a great. But that's what you want. That's that's that passion side. What we've been missing in the team for a while, and now that you've got a couple of players, what are going in? Keith's going in hard. Um, even even um, Danny Max going in hard to get balls back, and they're all starting to go in. So as if Gary, you know, I think um, Cole said on you know on I follow, 
you know, it seems as if Gary said, just go fucking rough them up. Just go take it to them, mate. Just go give them a kick up and see what happens. And that's that's what it looked like. They were bang up for it. Yeah, they spent a couple of years playing in the Premier League and they don't like it up them, do they? Let's face it. And if there's one thing that Keith has bought to this side, he has bought a mentality, isn't he? That he isn't going to take any prisoners at all in a tackle. And maybe that's, that's rubbing off on the others. That's what I was just about to say. Do you think that follows through when all of a sudden you've got a guy who's not scared of a tackle and the rest of them are just looking and going, well, fuck me, if it's all right for him, we might as well all have a go. Yeah, well, I, think directive, that... I think from the manager. The manager will be kind of saying to them, rough them up a little bit. It's full of kids, isn't it, Norwich City's team? So just rough them up and make them winch. Look at Cantwell. Yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me if Keith is like that in training. Mm. <laughs> One or two of them don't want to be on the receiving end of a Keith challenging training for not, yeah, for not getting stuck in. You can imagine what Erlock and Les Briley and and uh, uh, Alex Ray were like. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's reminiscent of that. The geezer just takes no prisoners at all, and it, and I think that. If we were in ground, he would he would be a f- fan favourite from that first tackle that he got booked for, Yeah, well, on his debut. This mm-hmm. geezer has got all the hallmarks of being probably one of the most probably one of the most popular players at the club, and that's the after three four games. Yeah, that's true. For especially in the current squad, I think. Well, to put a little um, spanner into the work, Sheffield Wednesday just beat Bournemouth two one away from home ahead of our game on the weekend. So just like to leave us where we are at the table, we're fourteenth place with six wins, fourteen draws, and seven defeats. However, the league table reads we're only seven points clear of guess who? Sheffield Wednesday. So Saturday really does feel like a significant game. They'll be coming into this game thinking. A Mills, another team we can drag into the relegation area, or at least kind of threaten us with it. You know, if we lose on Saturday to Sheffield Wednesday, the facts are we'll be four points clear from the relegation zone, and then we'll firmly be looking behind us. We are only ten points clear of, uh, behind Bournemouth, who are in sixth place. So, you know, and especially after the last few games, I'm definitely glass half full, like I said, glass three quarters full after today. But Saturday is a huge, huge, huge game, isn't it? Who wants to come in on that one, mate? If you think that. We can catch a likes of Bournemouth. You're on summer. Can I have some of it? Because we have absolutely <laughs> got no chance at all. I yeah, don't I'll think... tell you right now, yeah. If we play like this every week, think... right, we will we will climb higher than go lower. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, no, but ten points. Not it's getting... not a lot. If you... We were here last season. We were, we were on what well, we were on last season. Twenty nine points around this time, and then all of a sudden we got just outside the playoffs. So Christmas was flying. This time last year we were starting to fall off form, but Christmas we was flying. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, especially with Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. The purple of that is, if we win five games in a row, you might find yourself in the playoff place. I'm not saying we're going to win five games in a row. We've won six all season, but you never know. We have to replicate this intensity this performance mm-hmm. on Saturday and that's the key thing can we do it well this is it yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a cup yeah, final played, Saturday, I think. got to treat it like a cup yeah, well, final we played, yeah we played two home games in a week haven't we Watford and uh, this mob tonight and they're what first and third first and fourth something like that first and fifth now yeah yeah and they were two fairly decent performances but we have to replicate that 
against a team at the bottom of the table, which we've struggled to do. These are the teams that are coming down here and turning us over. Well, this is it. This is maybe when games like Ryan Woods need to step up if he's going to be playing. Maybe he's going to get more ball time and maybe he can dictate play a bit more for us. But yeah, I think Saturday is a huge game. If we lose that game, you know, Sheffield Wednesday got to 28 points and then we're only four points in front of the relegation zone, then I will be looking firmly behind us. But I don't think we should lose Saturday if we play the way we did tonight. So then again, Sheffield Wednesday have won more games than us this season. So, you know, they'll definitely be up for it, especially after their win tonight. But yeah, I think I've covered most topics, to be honest with you. I don't know if anyone wants to pipe in with anything else they want to add. George Evans obviously signed yesterday. Disappointed we didn't get any other attackers over the line, Mickey. Obviously, Troy Parrott going and going to Ipswich. Yeah, I think I think we're probably hit more on the transfers on Friday Night Live, won't we? But yeah, no, it's a, it's a disappointing beast. But what was a hole in it? We, we, we know that we do fuck all um, on a transfer window. We, we beg, steal and borrow, don't we, to get... Um, players and we never really do anything major so it, we knew that a few were possibly coming um, I thought the Hibs guy was going to but again he was going to leave Hibs really short so I think he had a change of heart um, again we broke uh, Evans on the Friday um, and again he proved correct we seem to be doing alright with his prediction stuff don't we we're not getting so bad our sources seem to be okay to a degree um, but no I mean I've got a couple of other bits not necessarily around transfers and that so just before we, before we go as well before, i was gonna read out some tweets should we do some tweets now yeah can do I'll, I'll just do what i want to do just before we go can i about, just uh, say stuff the transfer window was shit yeah he needed to address a couple of areas and he didn't address them but we'll talk about that on friday Okay, we we'll needed we needed a bit more creativity and we needed someone else up front to replace parrot and he didn't do it Tonight's a positive show, so let's try and remain in a positive manner, especially after that performance tonight. I feel like we should be positive. But yeah, some of the tweets that we've had in, obviously check us out on Twitter at that mill pod if you want to get involved and have some of your tweets read out for the show. Uh, the emotional one at Short C says, more of a mill performance tonight, defended very well and pressed from the front. We stayed in the game and had a real good go for the last 20 minutes. I've been to Hall's biggest critic. Tonight he got about the pitch and made himself busy. Every player played their part. I think we all agree with that. Tony Evans, best performance of the season so far. Looks good over the pitch. Joe Zampa, regular viewer and regular commenter. Uh, so proud of Mill tonight. Played against the top top of the table side and matched them and more in every area. Roll on Saturday. I think most people are positive. Matt Webb, another person that's been on the show before. Best game this season. Despite a stereo-pumping shit one-sided ref. Keith was everywhere tonight. Excellent all around. I agree with the shout on the what the stereo pumping ref because obviously I said he was the Michelin man. Uh, and we'll talk also Dan Wall. He said said not one bad performance tonight. Actually attacked them and thought we could win. Unlike the Watford game, would have Bennett in for Thompson on Saturday after that. A tweet that I've actually said myself. I think I'm, I would be surprised if Evans is not in the side Saturday. But then again, the team played so well tonight. He might give him the chance to go again. But yeah, I think thanks always for your tweets, guys. And obviously we'll. Um, Read them out going forward if you get involved and first on Twitter. Go on, Mickey, give us a couple of points before we go. Um, just obviously, um, the cancer deadline day was um yesterday, and uh, little old Millwall um done fantastically well between players, fans, club, etc. etc. Um, between you all, you raised over what £11,202 for I think it's six uh different cancer charities. And when you look at that and you go, Christ, that's not bad. When you look at the, the second place on there was Brentford and they raised just over £5,000, I'd say that's an absolute um, mountain of an achievement, especially when you take in that 
you know, Mill fans raised an additional £5,300 or just over for um, the shirts, what they wore against QPR when they did the um, Kick It Out campaign with the Kick It Out logo on, that Mill fans brought those shirts and they raised another £5,500 near enough for Kick It Out campaign um, and obviously went to Mill Community and, and Kick It Out. And then if you go back to what was raised, obviously, in November when Mill got the record again, uh, we raised just under £17,000 for the poppy appeal when, you know, we're all supposed to be horrible cunts, but actually you have so much fucking money to charity um, and do so many good things. But this stuff you'll never, ever, ever see in a mainline newspaper um, because it just doesn't sell papers. Bill will be in good and, and, you know, fans doing good. Um, we'll never, we'll never, ever uh, sell uh, papers so it is what it is but no the only other thing I want to do is say look if you're enjoying this uh, don't forget Friday night um, you can actually get involved live where we go live from 8 o'clock every Friday night um, Omar has a shave and a, and a haircut as well I've not had a haircut but you oh, know okay. I'm, plan- I'm planning to soon so funny enough but I can't believe you haven't shared our auction what we're doing mate come on um, yeah basically we've got uh, we've uh, Kelly Webster is um, started up Lions Food Hub, which is a local food hub um, in Bermondsey. And uh, we've donated a, a Terry Herlock poster. And there's an auction running till Friday at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can find it on our socials. We're probably pinning it up in a bit. You can find it on the social. Just reply to that with a bid at the moment, a eh, Russell uh, who I think it's the assistant manager at Lionesses. Um, well done to you, fella. Um, he's donated 40 quid. Um, yeah, we, we, we've got a few bits and pieces lined up throughout this year, so, so keep an eye out. But I think it's all about helping other people and, you know, 40, 50 quid, 60 quid, 100 quid um, would really mean a lot to uh, the Lions Food Hub because it means that they can get hold of some food and, and help field, feed some people what are, uh, you know, on the bread line, on the shit line, and uh, and they need a bit of help. And th- there's no there's no wrongness in uh, in getting a bit of help if you need it, is there? No, absolutely. And I think uh, I'm sure me and Neil both echo your thoughts there. And obviously, you know, the charity work that our, our fans do. So yeah, check that out. Obviously on our Twitter, like I said, at that Mill Pods. It's going to be the pin tweet. I'll sort out in a moment. And obviously, if you've got one to put a bid in, it's currently forty pound from Alex Russell as Mickey said. So, yeah, I think we've run our course, lads. I think, you know, I'm definitely glass half full. We've got a special into the Lions Den coming on Thursday, haven't we, Mickey, with a certain guest that was on on Friday night, Mr. John Sitton. I think, uh, Neil, you sat in that interview. How was that? Yeah, that was a good interview. As, you know, as always, Johnny doesn't hold back, does he? Mm-hmm. He says it the way it is. If you are of a sensitive disposition, I think you might want to swerve this one. I think if we bleeped it every time John swore, I don't think we'd have a show, would we? He, <laughs> yeah, well, it is raw, and he does say it the way it is, yeah? And, yeah, well, as always, it's full of stories. We try and get the stories out of whoever that we interview. <laughs> and uh, this is definitely one where he's full of stories, as which if anybody has read his book, uh, it's definitely the case. 
Well, there's a full catalogue to be found on our podcast. Marvin Williams last week was a personal favourite of mine, just hearing that and obviously associating with him as a young fan personally at that time. Uh, that was a great show. Go on, Mickey. I'll just remember, we've got one more thing, one more bit of big news what we uh, we, conf- we sort of forgot about. Um, we got a website, Omar. Right, yeah. Well, you've been working away on it, so I'll let you talk away about that. Um, that millwallpodcast.co.uk. Um, click on there and you'll find that there's a player on there to listen to the podcast if uh, you're not really uh, all all technical and you just want to be able to listen to the shows you've heard about them. There's a player on there where you can click on there. There's a link to our YouTube cho- um, channel. There's also... Um, various other players, if you listen to your podcast through Apple, Amazon, etc., that's all on there. Um, there's a contact us page. Uh, there's an option on there where you can send us a voicemail so that we can get you on the show um, or you can send us an email. There's various other bits and pieces that are coming. There's some stuff on there now, but it, it's being built on going forward. Um, and also, if if you want to look at something for, for a Millwall fan and you think, fucking hell, what do I buy them? There's loads of stuff on there what um, we found and put all in one place. So there's loads of loads of Millwall books on there. There's a Millwall bottle of vodka. There's um, some cups, some mugs, everything. Just have a look on there. There's straightforward links. You just click, takes you straight through to Amazon. Um, and hopefully the website proves it. it I've been working on it a while, uh, something what we wanted to do. Didn't necessarily want a news website as such, just somewhere where you can just go easy to use and, 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 you know, get more of the show and everything else. So it's uh, that Millwall podcast, uh, uk, and it's on our, our profile in the Twitter feed. But go and check it out. Leave us a voice message. Uh, we might even get you on the weekend show. Nicely plugged. Yeah, the link's in the description. Yeah, that's it. You beat me to it. Yeah, link, all links and everything will be in the description below of the show. And obviously, check us out on Twitter. Like we've plugged a couple of times today, and we'll be back on Thursday with an Into the Lions Den. Obviously, Friday's our Friday night live show. And obviously, any reviews, five star only, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks, guys, and take care. So get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.